Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. We don't, I don't even need to, I don't need to smile, I don't need to do anything because we don't even publish these, uh, the videos anymore. So I can just, I just needed, I, I wish I had a, a, uh, a, the radio voice that you have, you know, because, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I know I don't, but I know I don't, and I accept it, I embrace it, it's all right, you can't, you can't be good at everything, and I, I get it, I get it's it, true. but, uh, no, I know I don't, because when my family listens to the podcast, they're like, wow, man, your partner, he sounds great, but they never say anything about me, it's not like, oh, well, you, they, they immediately are like, he, that guy seems like he knows what he's talking about, and he sounds like he, he belongs on the radio. He's like, you're lucky to have him. I mean, I don't think you'd have a podcast without him. See, but yeah, you're right. There's many amazing <laughs> things about that. But the most amazing thing that I just heard is when my family listens to the podcast, because <laughs> nobody even distantly related to me has ever listened to a word of this podcast. <laughs> if they can help it. I mean, my, my wife, Yeah. sometimes she's like, yeah, sometimes the, the, the noise carries through the vent. So I have to hear mm-hmm. it. And she sounds like she's being punished. She sounds like one of these people where they're talking about being in a prison in Thailand. And they're like, yeah, they took the guy to the other room, but you could hear the screams through the vent. That's kind of what she makes it out, like like she's being tortured. So that's um, that's <laughs> nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we, were, we had a, a nice conversation um, yeah. as you and I were both on the road. Yes. Man, sometimes you, we've talked about this before, and it's a broken record, but technology is a blessing, man. It's all perspective, and, and yeah. you know, a long time ago, in the olden days, hundreds of years ago, I mean, there were, you know, I'd have to send a, uh, uh, you know, a messenger pigeon or something, yeah. you know, to get, to get a note to you. Yeah. And now I can be in my car, and you can be in your car, and we can be on opposite ends of a state or a city or a country or the world even, yeah. and be able to have a... Um, a good conversation yeah. and it's funny man like you and i are always on the same kind of wavelength because you'll bring up something and i'm like man that's exactly what i'm reading right now it's exactly what i'm thinking about right now yeah and it, it really is about how you know doing nothing uh <laughs> is sometimes the best thing that you can do yeah right yeah. like and people mistake that because they often think that if you're doing nothing then no progress is being made. But history has shown that that's not always the truth. I mean, the reality is, um, take sometimes in a war and military, if you study military history, and I, and, and I was reading a book talking about how the Romans were trying to co- conquer Hannibal and um, how the Roman general thought that, hey, you know what, the Romans want me, like they have this history of being this great empire and and being proactive in their military engagements. And it wasn't the Roman way to sit back and win without having to swing that sword around, right? Whereas Hannibal was kind of like Sunza, where he was like, nah, the greatest victory is the one we win without having to fight. And if we just sit back and, and be still, He'll beat himself, right? Sometimes you draw your enemy away from water sources. They have to deal with the elements. Um, and it's only a matter of time before they're unable to be effective uh, in a military campaign. Yeah. Um, in business, we see people in a bear market. They're like, I got to do something. 
yeah. what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, and sometimes, and what they do, and oftentimes when you're reacting in an emotional environment, you're almost always making the wrong decision. Yep. You've probably bought when things are real high. And now because it's a bear market, you're going to do the worst thing that you can do in that sell when things yeah. are at, at a bottom, at a yeah. bottom, right? When, if you just look at history again, which, which is why I love talking to you because you study history to make your decisions, right? You kind of look at what's happened in the past yeah. and kind of foreshadows what might, you know, it's, we've, we've talked about the past. It's not always an indicator of what's going to happen in the future, but it's the best thing that we have sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people, they, they buy at the top, they sell at the bottom, but if you study history, you study people like Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett, you know, um, cash is king, they keep money to deploy, and they understand that markets are cyclical, right? So they didn't, in, they, they invested money that they um, understood that they could lose, um, first off, and they understand that because markets are cyclical, cyclical when things go down, um, they will eventually go back up, right? And things are only a loss if you sell sometimes, yeah. right? It's yeah. only, a, you know, it's a loss on paper. It's not an actual loss yet. Yeah. Um, you know, but everybody has different circumstances. I think a lot of times people invest money that they don't have, and now this is now that now they're in a bad situation. I and I understand that. Um, and I think sometimes we see this in jujitsu a lot, a lot. Um, I I think you and I are like the most guilty. No, I think our whole crew is kind of guilty yeah. of it, except for probably uh, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin's not guilty of this. He's he's sure. very disciplined in this. But we yes. feel if we're not doing something. We're just not getting better at jujitsu, yeah. you know, and so we push through injuries. Um, uh, we probably train at, at not the best times because we figure, you know, we got we got to be doing something to get better at jujitsu yeah. and sometimes resting and being still. And there's an and understanding that there's other ways to get better at jujitsu. Right. Like, um, you know, which is interesting because right now we're sort of in a bear market. We're on the some say we're in a recession. Some say we're on the brink of the recession. Some say we're at the end of the recession. I, I don't know where we're at. And, yeah. and I hate all these prophets that try to predict things because that's all they are. They're just, yeah. they're trying to read a crystal ball. Nobody knows anything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I think that one thing that we can take from all of this is at the end of the day, fundamentals always went out in your training and yeah. in your business, right? Yeah. Because you can't predict the future and you can't control, and therefore you can't control what you cannot control. But what you can do is control what you can control, and that is always invest in the fundamentals, whether it's jujitsu and whether it's uh, in investing, right? So you know, in investing, you know, you want to you want to figure out, you know, what you're good at. Figure out what you're good at, what you'd like to invest in, yeah. And then understand the market value of something, and just buy under market value, right? Yeah. And don't be in a rush. Being yeah. be still, be patient. I mean, that's that's what being still is about. It's about being patient. And patient, patience to me is like the number one virtue. And I think it's, and I say it's the number one virtue, and I think it's the number one virtue. I don't want to throw you in with me, but I'm going to, that you and I both lack. Like, we need more patience. Like, you yes. and I want to just, we're, we're, we're two emotional beings on, on always one end of the spectrum. Either we're loving you a lot, or we just want to kill someone. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think jujitsu is uh, the same way. Look at the look at the uh, look at your fundamentals. Look at the things that you can invest in, whether it's a good time or a bad time in your life. Right. Um, in, in terms of your training. And I think some of that is are you sleeping? You know, the simple things, the fundamental. Are you sleeping well? Are you yeah. eating well? Is your life balanced? Right. Because 
those things will affect all areas of your life. If you're not eating well, it's going to affect your business. It's going to affect your jujitsu. It's going to affect everything. If you're not sleeping well, um, if you have no balance in your life, if, if you know your relationships with your friends and your family and your loved ones are unhinged, you know, I think those things need to be need, need to be addressed first because it does affect uh, everything that you do in life. Um, but this idea that we have to be proactively doing something in order to solve problems, when I think in reality, my brother, and I'm not sure if this is just the lazy jujitsu or the lazy businessman or the lazy mo, but I think problems, time, you know, problems end up solving themselves a lot of times yeah. if you just sit back and wait, right? Yeah. But it's the ego that makes you think like, nah, this problem's not going to solve itself. It's not going to just go away. Yeah. I got to do something to fix it. The reality is all problems eventually go away, including you. I mean, we're all going to die. So all problems are going to just eventually go away in time, right? Like sometimes I, I have to remind myself of that just to sit back, be cool. Nature will take care of everything, you know? I feel like that's a, <laughs> What are your thoughts? I feel like that's this? a warning to all your enemies. I, I, like, I, vented. Like I, I went on this nine-minute riff. No, it's good. What are your thoughts? Um, I feel like that last statement was a, a saying to all your enemies. Everyone's going <laughs> to die eventually. Sometimes we're just going to speed the process up a little bit. That's all we're saying. Dude, dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, and in business, man, in business you deal with, God, you deal with people that are just not considerate. I know jujitsu owners have their people that just don't pay them. Yeah. And just looking to load. I know in 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 in, uh, in your line of business, you 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 try to help people, and you have an, um, tenants that will try to take advantage of you. The more you give, the more they want to take. Yeah. Um. Just completely inconsiderate, and yeah. and um, and definitely, I'm I I am in the, uh, you know, we are in the, um, uh, you know, we have a, a business that's in the trades, and mm -hmm. you know, we're we're this where we're always servicing people in the service industry right and whenever you're dealing with that you just can't make everybody happy yeah um, but it's your job you know at the end of the day if you're running a business you still have a job and you still have someone you got to answer to and you got to answer to your clients why i love real estate though real estate you don't really have to answer to too many people you have to answer to less people yeah i don't want to sound like i'm uh unhappy or ungrateful because i'll tell you like i was venting to my brother the other day and he made it and I had to take a step back and say, I spend more time. Um, let me just get some clarity because I'm making I was making it sound to him like business was the worst thing in the world. Right. And I was like, I'm just I, I, I let me take a step back and just uh, give you some perspective to my older brother. I was like, this is the most work that I probably because I'm going through a situation right now. One of my businesses um, where someone's, you know, not paying for a job that we've done. And it's just frustrating. It's frustrating because we're, we're going above and beyond to accommodate the person. And they're really just trying to flex now on us and yeah. trying to make us jump through more and more and more hoops and kind of dangle that check in front of us. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating, especially for a person like me who doesn't like me. I don't like, I know nobody likes that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But Mo doesn't like that at all. Yeah. You know, we'd, Somebody's about to have an back in the day, we'd have different ways, yeah. different ways that we would settle this. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but this is, a, you know, we're much older now and much more civilized. Uh, so I was telling my brother, I was like, look, me venting to you is probably the hardest work that I've done in the last year and a half. <laughs> like I've spent more time venting to you than I've actually done in any of my other businesses, like literally 15 hours, 20 hours. Salia works a, a lot more than I do, um, but uh, literally, you know, so 
very grateful, very thankful um, for all, all the people that we do business with and, and, and the clients. And we've been very fortunate that we that 99% of the time, and I, and I think jujitsu owners can probably attest to this as well, probably 99% of their students are paying students, good students, you know what I mean? But you never focus on those. Right. You never focus on the on the good ones. It's always the one percenters that you just spend all your time like wasting your energy on, like focusing on them. Like, why won't this everybody else pays? Yeah. You know, and I'm bringing so much value to them. And yeah, and it has nothing to do with you. It's just that type of person you are. And and so going back to being still, I was going over, uh, you know, uh, I love what Naval said. I sent you that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. His last one. And he is to me like, man, he's he he always says something to me that like uh, gives me some sense of clarity. Yes. And he talked about um, judge uh, judgment calls. Like if you're good at, at in your judgment, that's what determines success, right? And you look at people like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, and that this, being good in judgment doesn't necessarily mean that you're always right. It just means that you're right more often than not, yeah. right? Um, and you try to figure out, you know, some of the, a lot of these guys use mental models and other ways and experience and wisdom. And, and some of them are just, just outright lucky. And they always just appear to be making the right judgment calls. Um, and I was, and, and it's so true, right? Like he talks about who you marry is a judgment call. What you, how your diet is a judgment call. You, 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 uh, the way you work out is a judgment call. You know, should you go left? Should you go right in business is a judgment call. And, um, you know, the, the, the better you are at determining, make, making better judgments and having better judgment. Um, not only that, when you're able to make better judgment and people, and you deliver a reputation, people will give you their money. Yeah. For example, you talk about creating this track record, right? Like the more, the more banks and investors see Carter Fisk, the commercial investor, commercial developer, yeah. um, making the right judgment calls, yeah. right? which is going to be produced by numbers and what you're doing out there, people yeah. are going to give you money because they're going to feel confident. That's why people are confident giving Warren Buffett money because yeah. he has a track record of making really good judgment calls and being trustworthy. Yeah. Um, so I was going over like, what are the judgment calls that we do with this individual that does, you know, is, is refusing to pay. And, and um, you know, obviously one of the things you always got to throw up there in your list of, of actions that you can take is inaction to do nothing, yeah. right? Just to do nothing. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I was telling my brother, I was like this, you know, this person now is like an obstacle and I can either, uh, crash into this obstacle over and over again until they break me or I break them, or I can simply just move around them and keep moving forward and making money. Right. Like I can just step over them kind yeah. of, they're just like a, a stone in the road. And I just, I just step right over it and keep moving forward. Um, Now, it's not that simple because, you know, if you do that once, then then when do you stand up for yourself? And you can't you can't take so many losses because, I mean, you got to keep the lights on and you got to keep things running and all that. Right. Um, So you have to make a judgment call on when when you should do that, when you shouldn't do that, when it's worth your time. These things become complex matters. So the simplest sometimes this it seems like the simple, the the most simple decisions. are some of the most complex or so some of the most simple matters are some of the most take some of the most complex decision uh, making and thinking uh, involved, yeah. you know, or maybe I just, I, you know, maybe I'm just in my own head the entire time and I'm out thinking, I overthink things. Maybe I'm overthinking everything, you know, um, when I, 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 I can almost 
bet you that the client that is refusing to pay for a job that well done uh, because she signed she signed off saying that it was well done. She says, I'm 100% happy, signed off on it. Yeah. Uh, she's probably not even thinking about it, right? She's not even thinking about it. I'm spending all this energy and time thinking about how I'm not getting paid. And she's like, oh, whatever. You know, that frustrates yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes with these things, I mean, I guess there's sort of two routes that you can do almost simultaneously. And the first thing is to reframe the situation which is, you know, let's say somebody owes you like 4,000 bucks, right? And that's a lot of money. That's more than a lot of people make in a month. Um, but if you look at it as, am I, like, especially when, to me, when these things get more and more contentious and, and the person becomes, you know, sometimes people want to dig their heels in and it becomes pride and ego and stuff like that. And, and sometimes that has no limit. I mean, that's, literally how people have died historically, their pride, so they have a duel or, or whatever it might be. Um, so maybe framing it to the point of, am I willing to spend 4,000 bucks to get this person out of my life? You know what I mean? Like if there's somebody who's such a huge pain in the ass, and they're not paying you and they're costing you all this time and angst and all that. It's almost like, well, maybe I just spent that money to have that person leave my life. And then you can sort of leave it alone that way because part of maybe sitting at peace with something is to sort of reframe it so that the smartest action is why well, I already did the action. I already paid the money to get them out of my life. But at the same time, you can also start putting systems in place where um, maybe you have a system for taking people to small claims court. Maybe you have a system for, um, you know, you can hire debt collectors. You can do different things where it's like, okay, when this person has clearly said they don't want to pay anymore, like any good mob boss, you're like, you're not going to get your own hands bloody. You're just going to say, are you sure about that? And they're going to say, yeah. And then they wake up with a horse's head in their bed or, or whatever my unfortunate thing might become them. You know what I mean? It's like it wasn't, you know, Vito Corleone wasn't going to that guy's house and chopping the horse head off. Neither was the uh, consigliere. But somebody did it. But it doesn't have to be you. So to me, it's <laughs> like. did do it? I don't know. Was it Clemenza? Maybe. It seems he's a big guy. Yeah, he seems he's a big person to, <laughs> you know, cut off a horse's head, but uh, decapitate a horse. But yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's like you can, because then it's like you can either decide, okay, I paid the money to get this person out of my life, or I will pay a little more money and somebody else will handle the whole thing and I won't have to worry about it type thing. I mean, it can kind of go two ways on something. Um and do you think both of those are kind of being still? Because I mean, you're, you're, they are setting In up, one instance, you're paying money to, to use, to, so somebody else expends their energy. Yeah. And then in one, in one instance, you're um, just saying, I'm not going to waste any energy on this and, and they can keep the money. I almost feel so, uh, it's funny because my brother brought up the same thing. He was like, yeah. man, do you remember that movie, The Bronx Tale? It's like, you pay 20 bucks to get rid of this person. You're like, they're, they're, they're always going to avoid you. Um, but I, but I, but my thinking was like, no, but it's the other way around. They yeah. need to be paying me to get rid of me, right? <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, it, it, it depends. I mean, the thing is, is that um, in the service business, um, it's unlikely that somebody's going to get a reputation of like, oh, you don't have to pay them. I mean, it's the greatest thing in the world. They come, they paint your house, and payment is optional. I mean, that's unlikely. 
What's much <laughs> worse of a reputation to come around is the idea of like these guys don't show up or they change their price or the quality is no good or whatever it might be. Those are all the bad reputations to get in that particular business. Because you have to remember, we're talking about mobster movies and, and gangsters. And it's like, yes, for a gangster, you don't want any deed to not go unpunished. I mean, anything someone does against the slightest of slights, it's a power struggle. You can't show weakness. You got to punish the person, embarrass them, do this and that. In real life business, um, probably not so much. You know what I mean? If y Yes, like you do want to stand up for yourself to a point to not get ripped off. But at the same time, um, knowing con competitive you know, construction and trades and stuff like that, I would say it's better to spend the time customer servicing, making people happy. And then the few times when somebody doesn't pay, having a system in place where it's either we just let it go or we got this guy, Bruno, who's my debt collector. And I don't know how he does it, but he brings me that money minus his 10%. I don't know what he does. I don't ask questions. Bruno asked me not to ask questions. There we go. I mean, and then then it's like, then it's done. So if, if they're like, okay, we're not going to pay you, blah, 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 and you've gone through everything and gone through all the checklists of the system that you have, well, then the next system is either to just let it go, fair enough, because it doesn't happen that often. But, you know, maybe if you want to get that back, then there are people that specialize in that, you know. And that's so. very good insight because when, especially one of the things you said, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. And in reality, that's one of the things that I had to provide uh, context with when I was talking to my brother about the situation is that, you know, he was like, well, how many times has this happened? Because it sounds terrible. And I was like, this is the first time it's ever happened. Yeah. Right. Like a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and and so that's another thing I would warn people to be um, to not to do. I think it's such a new move. And again, it's my opinion. It's, if, if you run a business, it's your business. And one of the beauties of it being your business, you can do whatever you want with it. You are the captain of the ship. If you want to sink it to the ground, you can. It's completely up to you. But one of the worst things that I see people do is when um, they make knee-jerk knee knee reactions on policies within their business based yeah. off one bad experience yeah. of this one person did something and so now every all policies are going to change how they conduct businesses are going to change and every other client and customer is going to have to suffer as a result of it yeah. i think you only do that when you start to see patterns right because then you're starting to see like okay like people are seeing a hole in my game and i need to i need to plug that hole because this is happening on a consistent basis but um because immediately people were telling me like oh mo okay well you need to do this to you know to prevent it this time you know go ahead and raise your deposits and go in and i was like nah i'm not going to do any of that because it's never happened before right yeah. everybody everybody pays and everybody's happy and it's because yeah. we go above and beyond and like you said we we do everything we can we invest money we even lose money sometimes and we don't ever consider it losing money but we even lose money sometimes technically because we are investing in our reputation in other words if our reputation is in jeopardy we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that the customer walks away with a great experience because we want to make sure that we keep our reputation intact yeah. and this has come at a cost sometimes right it has come at a cost where uh, perhaps someone's not happy with something, so we go in and we invest more money in their project free of charge. We don't we don't charge them. Now, some people will say, well, that's bad business. And in my opinion, no, that's smart business because yeah. people, again, they they buy from not who's best, but from whom they trust. Yeah. And you earn that trust by do, always doing what you're going to say 
and making sure that they walk away with having a good experience and also understanding that when you're in business and when you're in jujitsu, you shouldn't ever be in anything in life. And I love this about Naval. You shouldn't ever be playing short-term games. Short-term yeah. games are for complete noobs, right? Like if you're the day-to-day guy, you're not the business guy, right? Business guy is you're thinking 10 years out, 15 years out, 20 years out, right? And when you're playing long-term games, it's all about reputation because reputation is a relationship and relationships by their very nature are long-term things. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you an example of two different contractors that I used over the years. And one was a plumbing company. And these guys would just nickel and dime me to death. Like their guy, they would always send over a different guy. Even if we were working on the same project for like a month, every day it would be different guys. So they'd have to come see what's happened progress wise, then go back to the the office and get the supplies they needed that day in their truck and then come back. I'm paying these guys by the hour, of course. And of course, I'm getting billed for gas and blah, 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 blah. And it was like, I remember at one point, I wasn't going to use them again. And I then I talked to the um, like the new boss, one of the guys I knew in the field who was now took over the company. He's like, man, things are going to be different. You were really good. We're going to take care of you. And I happened to get a job for him, you know, coming up. And he's like, it was back to the same thing. It was like, okay, we'll do this, this. And it was like this, like ridiculous prices, nickel and diming, like the smallest things make it into, and it was just like, okay, you haven't, I, I get it. It's just business, but I'm immediately looking for other people. And that's the thing. When you nickel and dime people for everything and charge for this and charge for that, the customer, unless you do such an unbelievably good job, the customer is immediately looking for other people, especially if they're like an investor is going to do it a lot. Um, versus another guy that I've used for like 13 years who has always been expensive. But I, I've told you about him before. He's the guy where I literally can tell him to do something in the house and we're going on vacation. And I come back and not only is the job done perfectly, but anything he had to move out of the way, like furniture, this, that, everything is put down back perfectly. Like he did something on our pergola, re, redid our whole pergola. He put all the plants back, the hanging plants and everything right back to where they were before. Like everything was perfect. It was like literally like some out of a movie where you just snap your fingers and it's changed like that. And, we're, and, and, we're, and what we would have done is we would even water the plants. That's what nice guys do. We go above like and beyond. We, I know. They yes, would water the plants. Miracle but, but what's <laughs> so, but, but taking this even beyond though, so the guy, Yamil, the guy who's really good, um, on Christmas Day, maybe about five years ago, we had a water leak in our wall. Like you could, Chantel noticed it first. You could see the bricks were stained outside. And this is like on Christmas Day. He comes over, opens up the wall, finds the hole or finds the leak, repairs the leak, um, and doesn't charge me a dime. And he did it on Christmas Day. And he has three kids. Like that to me is the difference between like the nickel and dime people that you're always looking for somebody new versus the people that go above and beyond. Cause there's been a bunch of stuff. I mean, yes, he charged me for a lot of things, but like there's other things like we had a brand, a huge branch fall on our chimney and it was still like kind of broken off. And he's like, oh, I'll come, I'll get it. So he came and hacked it off and he's like, puts everything in bags. And it like, I was watching him. It took forever to put the stuff in the bags. Like, like 
couple of hours in the heat and he still charged me exactly what he said he was going to charge me. It's like those things matter. I mean, because I've probably paid this guy hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work over the years versus this other company. I really I literally can't even remember what their name is because I stopped using them like 10 years ago because every time they did anything, it was this huge pain in the ass and the huge the same problems over and over again. So all the people that you guys are going above and beyond for will use you again, will refer you to other people, will do all these things. If you were to charge, if they change their mind about a color, they do this, or like they're being nitpicky and you're just like, now we're not doing anything more. Okay. They're probably not going to sue you then. They'll probably pay you, but are they going to use you again? Are they going to refer you? It's like, no, they're not. So to me, that stuff matters from, from experience. The guys that, that have been good, I use again. So go ahead. So you know what I think? I think that's beautiful. Um, and it made me kind of realize something. I don't know if this is true or not because I haven't enough time to, to think about it and think it through. But it may be then, you know, and, and actually it probably is true, just taking extreme ownership and putting it back on myself. It may be perspective on my end and going back to when you go above and beyond for people, and again, I, I, I can almost guarantee some jujitsu school owners feel this way. When you go above and beyond people, it's like when you hold the door for someone and they just walk through and don't say thank you. Yeah. Now, you're not the type of guy that's like you're living for the, you know, you're like you're living for the thank you, right? But you just expect it's common courtesy. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, I like you and I'm going to, I don't know who you are. I'm just being a good person. I'm going to open this door for you and you're going to walk through it and you're going to say thank you. And I'm going to say, you're very welcome and we're going to have this great day. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. But it, and, 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 and you get so upset that when you open that door and they just breeze on by, yeah. just breeze yeah. on by because that's how it feels when you're going above and beyond yeah. for people. Right. Yeah. I mean, this was a, a common thing in, in, um, in law enforcement. I remember when I was a brand new Brand, I would actually, no, I was not a brand new rookie. What happened is that we ended up, you know, I was um, later on in my years, was on the specialized unit, but we were short. We had South by Southwest we, and we were short. We, we had to pull uh, troopers. We had to pull all sorts of people um, from different agencies to come and, and work South by. And uh, man, I got, I, I got posted up at one of the worst, worst uh, assignments that you can get. And I felt so, I, you know, being, having an ego and being arrogant, yeah. I was like, man, I'm coming from, you know, the one of these all-star units. I'm, a, you know, I'm, I've been around for a little bit, and I yeah. get put here. It's just, a, yeah. man, what's what's going on? But then yeah. I had one of the the a senior guy. It's even more senior to me. He was like, Mo, um, you everything that you said, like being, you have the you have the 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 dream job, right? Like, this is just uh, one day or two days, and 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 uh, by showing character and showing humility, right? Get out there like anybody else. Work that intersection. So I'm like, well, all right, he's right, he's right. So I get out there. I'm working this intersection. They leave me out there, man, for like 16 hours. There's no traffic light, so there's nothing controlling this intersection except my physical presence, right? Like me having to get in like a barrier and stop vehicles. It's South by Southwest people. So as the day gets on, people start getting drunk and doing yeah. whatever. Yeah. And uh, man, I've been on my feet, no, no breaks, no nothing. And um, starts to get late, starts to rain a little bit. And as it starts to rain, I'm, and these cars are still flying past this intersection. I think it's like fifth in the frontage or something like that. It's yeah. terrible. And um, uh, uh, I, so I'm like, okay, man, this is going to get bad because there's no lights here. There's no, uh, 
there's no visibility. It's it's getting wet and they're still just flying by. People are getting drunk. I don't know how, how I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to do my best. And I'm already, I'm super tired. Um, and as I'm thinking this, there is this young uh, college age female on her phone. Um, breezes by me, steps out onto the intersection on her phone, looking down at the ground. Uh, she appeared to be a little bit intoxicated. Uh, and as she steps into the roadway, literally, it's over for her. She's gone. Not my fault. Nothing I could have done, right? Like, there's no lights there. But Mo steps out, grabs her by the arm, pulls her from the road, back onto the sidewalk, save her life. Literally, save wow. her life, right? Wow. She rips her arm away from me. She turns to me and she says, don't you ever grab me like that. And I said, ma'am. I apologize, but you just almost got killed and hit by that car. And she goes, oh, and then she proceeded to walk on down the road <laughs> and live her life, right? And so that, that is what it feels like sometimes in business. You, you, go, <laughs> you go above and beyond for people. And when you, and, and, and sometimes it's a thankless job and it hurts, right? And that's yeah. what makes you want to want to expend a lot of energy because this particular client, like, I just feel, I, I mean, there's a timeline of text messages and calls and, yeah. and everything that I've tried to do to accommodate this person and, and make them happy. And it's just like, no matter what I do, um, nothing is, is making them happy. Uh, so sometimes business can be thankless, but you have to understand, I think, so, so uh, what you, I, I think what it comes down to is you got to change that perspective, right? And I'm speaking to myself, I'm not speaking to anyone else. And you and, and you put this into perspective for me. And I'm focused on the people, the 1%, yeah. right? When I should be focused on the 99%. I should be focused on all the people that are grateful, that do say thank you. Um, and that say, Mo, I'm going to refer you. And Mo, you're, you know, I've, I've never worked for a company that's more professional. And you've gone above and beyond. I need to be focused on them instead of focusing on those 1% of people that I have no control over and yeah. it's never going to stop. They're always going to be there. Right. And if you're into business, you just kind of kind of understand that. And I also agree with you. That's so smart that look, one of the ways of dealing with that 1% is just to have some sort of strategy, right. That kind of eliminates you from that process. You have, yeah. you have a system in place. You're not part of the system. Maybe you have a debt collector. Maybe you have an attorney. Maybe you don't just do anything. You just say, you know what, that's on the house. I'm moving on and continue to, you yeah. know, you know, do business. Yeah. yeah. Got to change your perspective, my brother. Cause you can't change. That's the thing is you can't change people. You can yeah. only change your own perspective of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely some value in saying that you just fire certain customers, you fire them. And with this person, it's almost like you just want to reach out and be like, um, unfortunately there's nothing more we can do to make you happy. Uh, wish you the best of luck. This is it. You know, I mean, like we're, we're, we won't be pursuing payment anymore or something like that, because it's like, um, man, it's like that woman who sued me. I mean, she sued me for saying I knew the septic tank at the house had failed. And I was like, I didn't know the septic tank had failed when I found that it failed. Even after I had sold this woman the house, I spent the nine thousand dollars to get it replaced as soon as I found out it failed. And she still sued me. I remember that. And it was one of those things where 
I, I just I had spent so much effort and time trying to make this person happy that I was just like, I'm not paying this. I'm not settling money because I'm admitting guilt. I did nothing wrong. I could I could beat this woman in court. I have literally all the evidence. She has none. But I was like, I'd rather just pay the money for her to go for her to be out of my life forever. I just don't want this person in my life. It's causing me stress. It's causing me negativity. It had already cost me plenty of money. So I'm like, either way, it's going to cost me money. If I spend money going to court, I have to hire a lawyer, which is going to cost more money than settling would have. But it's paying money to get somebody out of your life. And I actually just talked to my wife about this because she finally uh, quit. She has a bunch of different um, clients. And she finally essentially fired one of her clients or quit that had been a huge source of stress, like proportionately way more work. And they were kind of embarrassing douchebags, basically. And she finally got rid of them on Friday was her last day working with these guys. And she's like, yeah, but it's, you know, this much money. And I'm like, you're not losing that money. You're paying that money to have peace of mind and more time. Because if you have those two things, you'll always be able to make more money. But when you're spending all this time dealing with negativity, dealing with people that are not worth your time to begin with, and they're costing even more of that time, to me, it's like sever that as quickly as possible. Because it's to me, it's like, what, what if you do all this stuff with this woman and you finally get paid? It's like, it's not going to feel good, probably. It's going to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm relieved. But it's like, man, how much time did you spend working on that versus could just be taking it easy, wearing that ball cap. You could be training, you could be pursuing other business. There's all these other things you could be doing, but you're spending all this time trying to get money from somebody who at a certain point is just not worth pursuing because they're just not worth your time. I mean, it's, you know. When you talk, when you talk about that example with Chantel, what it brings um, to mind, uh, also in the same line of being still and doing nothing, is it under it's understanding that when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else, right? Yeah. So when you're saying yes to certain clients, you're saying no sometimes to your own mental well-being, to yeah. your own happiness. And so that's really where you have to look at what's worth it, right? Like, yes, they may be paying you a lot of money and you're going to say yes to this amount of money, but you're saying no to a lot of um, your own happiness in a lot of ways, yes. your own um, mental well-being and what is what is that worth right yes. to me that's like invaluable right yes. and so by saying no to them now you are saying yes to my mental well-being my mental happiness and that's priceless that's priceless yeah. so yeah. again judgment calls right uh, and and so a, a judgment is oftentimes knowing when to say no knowing when to say yes right yeah. and understanding again the reason why no and yes are such big deals in business and in life is because you understand that time is the most important commodity, right? Yeah. And every time you say yes to something, you are giving a piece of your life away. Yep. And you need to ask yourself that question, is it worth it? Will it yep. have been worth it when I'm in my deathbed? Will I look back and think to myself, that was worth it. I'm glad I did that. Or would it, would it, is it going to be instead, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. You know, and if it yeah. wouldn't have mattered, then just say no to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, going back to Buffett and Munger, 
I remember Munger saying, like, you'd be amazed at how many things we say no to. And what is good about their system is they just have a very consistent way of valuing companies. Then they look for companies that are um, priced below value. And if you have that system, then the market's up, the market's down. I mean, all that stuff doesn't really matter if you're getting something below its value, because as much as stock prices rise and fall, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that company is making more or less money. It's much more a weird public sentiment. It's like you look at Twitter and Elon Musk. It's like, okay, he says he's going to buy the company. It goes way up in value. It's like, well, why? Twitter isn't making more money all of a sudden. It's not more profitable all of a sudden. It's people like this idea of Elon Musk running it because he's the richest man in the world. And, and you know, maybe Trump will get back on Twitter and it'll be really entertaining or whatever, whatever the reasons are. But these aren't financial reasons. These are emotional reasons. Um, and so they're trying to sort of solve a financial problem emotionally. And I was kind of had a situation like this last week where I went and looked at an office building to buy. And the broker I was I'm using is a buddy of mine. He's, he's very experienced, but Sometimes he gets caught up in the emotion of things. He's like, well, I mean, I don't think this is a great deal, but man, you know, I, you got to think about how much would it cost to build this now? I mean, it would cost way more and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, to me, that doesn't matter because doing the math and doing comps and things like that and how much money we'd have to put into this, we still would be in over what the market value of this property is right now. And I'm not doing that. And he's like, yeah, but in a couple of years, I'm like, I don't buy for in a couple of years. I buy for right now because it has to be a good deal right now, because that's, like you said before, we don't have a crystal ball. I don't know if things are gonna go up or down. I know what things are right now, and so I have to buy accordingly. If they go up in a few years, that's great. But if they don't go up, then I can sell it and still make money. If they go way down, I still am at the break-even point. And that discipline of a lot of times doing nothing, and in commercial real estate, it's so much slower that the nothings are spaced out even longer. So it's like I'm, I'm like theoretically doing my next deal, but I've been working on this deal for like five months. There's sort of one big meeting this month. There's another big meeting next month and another big meeting the meet week after that month. If all those go okay, then we can start doing more stuff for it. You know what I mean? So it's like it won't even start building until next year. It's incredibly slow. But all along the way, there's always simple out clauses where, okay, if we don't get the zoning changed, okay, it's not a deal worth doing, we'll just drop the deal. Like there's so many things where it's like, the answer is to do nothing. Um, and that for people that are used to being people of action, that can be frustrating. But sometimes you have to let things sort of go their course. And I think, you know, I was thinking about like, what are practical ways of getting this into your mindset more? And I did a little experiment this morning that I think I'm going to start doing during the mornings, which is I may check my phone, but I did not turn my computer on this entire morning until we started podcasting. This is definitely a personal record for me, at least in the last 15 years, at least. Um, so I just I wrote things out by hand. So I actually went, I, I bought spiral notebooks and stuff like that. And What's something that? about writing something by hand gives you a certain amount of patience because it's like it takes longer. Um, you're just not able to type something out and just delete it all. It's like you, you have to be more in your thoughts. And I feel like this could build a certain amount of patience. 
Um, because I think part of the problem with technology, you know, you were saying, you and I were talking, you're driving, I'm driving, and it's beautiful. But it's also one of those things where it's almost like you get a thought and you just act on it right away. And we see this in social media with Twitter. Oh, I have a thought. I'll just tweet it. 100%. You know, versus it used to be, well, okay, I have a thought. Well, I need to write this down. Well, where's some pen and paper? You know, they can't put it in your phone. You can't voice, you know, voice to text it or whatever. And then when you write it down, it's like, I want to tell this to somebody. Well, you could call them or you have to write a letter. Well, that involves more thought and planning and all that. And I think there's something good to that. There's something good to letting things percolate, take a little bit more time. Um, and sometimes you really do have to, like there was the old thing they used to say, well, I'll sleep on it. You know, you make a decision, I'm going to sleep on it. And that seems crazy sometimes, like sleep on it. You got to make a decision. But sometimes it's almost like, well, I'm going to let my subconscious make that decision. And it needs rest. So I'm going to rest my subconscious. Mm -hmm. And that's how things were done throughout history. And one could argue that the decisions made historically were probably the same as the decisions made now. I would argue some of the ones now are, are considerably worse because of that impulsive need. And now we have the technology to sort of feed that need versus sort of uh, ingraining necessary patience by doing things by hand and developing things and sleeping on things. It might be better. I don't know. I mean, it's the way that humans acted and evolved for a long time. So it might be a better system. So get out there and don't do anything. And I be- like it. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take your advice. And instead of following up with anything, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. I mean, and you if could, you guys. Yeah, you could literally like write a letter. <laughs> you could just write a letter saying, you know, we apologize for not being able to um, meet your needs or whatever. Um, that, you know, I mean, there, there could be a whole way where it's almost like you guilt them into feeling bad because it's like you pull back and go, it was a pleasure meeting you. It was a pleasure doing whatever we enjoyed doing the work, thank you very much. And just, we just won't say anything more about payments. And it's like, man, I'll bet half the time you'll get paid just doing that. Cause it's almost like, well, I was sorry, I was mad about this, or I had a fight with my, you know, my friend or my daughter's doing this or blah, 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 whatever might else be happening in somebody's life. Sometimes pulling back is the best answer. So yeah, maybe Hannibal was right. Pretty good general. No, it was, uh... It was the other guy. The Roman general. Oh, maybe Hannibal was, was trying wrong. to defeat Hannibal. Whatever. He was still good yeah. on the A team. So, you know. <laughs> Different Hannibal? Okay. I like what he said about Bill Cosby, though. Different Hannibal? Okay. Never mind. A lot of Hannibals. If out there. you, that is a lot of Hannibals out there. Um, if you uh, like listening to this podcast and you want to re listen to it, go check it out on the Jiu Jitsu of Lies. Also, also, check it out on Apple iTunes, like, review, subscribe, all that type of thing. Shout out to our sponsor, Roll Bliss, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu Jitsu apparel. Nobody can be you better than you. Be authentic, Roll Bliss. We make custom geese. Yellow Pine Investments makes custom warehouses. Be sure to check them out. Also, check out Quantum Leap Digital Design for all your website design needs, logos, websites, all that type of thing. I'm Mo. That's my brother, Carter. As always, we wish you guys nothing but the best, both on and off the mat. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. That's it for this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. 
Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rulebliss, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Rulebliss newsletter to get the exclusive content at rulebliss.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat. <laughs>